Welcome to the Summer Camp Programming Podcast. I'm Kurt. And I'm Chris. And we are so excited. I think Chris is... I'm stumbling a little bit. Just a little bit. (laughs) We have Michelle Cummings on this episode. And uh, welcome, Michelle. Hello. So fantastic. I'm excited to be here. Now that you're you're a podcaster yourself, this is fun. I am. It's new as of, what, I think like... April-ish time period or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's still kind of new. So for those of you, uh, or, or I should say for those of the listeners who don't know who you are, can you please introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. If they don't oh. know Michelle, they shouldn't be listening. <laughs> Take I'm their camp card? Is that what you're saying? Take okay. it away. They're done. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So yeah, my name is Michelle Cummings. I own and operate a company called Training Wheels. And Training Wheels, we're a creative resource for building teams. So we do team building activities, and and I've written several books in the field. And I chose the name Training Wheels for my company because I love the metaphor of the training wheel. That you, you know, when you learn how to ride a bike, some of us, you know, you only use Training Wheels for just a little bit before you take that training wheel off and then you own it. You own that skill. And really, that is at the core of all the work that I do is, is that I'm usually with only with a group for a really short period of time, whether it be at a conference where I'm leading a workshop or I'm doing something virtual or whatever. After people have a, you know, go through a, a workshop or whatever with me, it's up to them to take what they learned and then own the skill. And, you know, the first couple of times you might try it, you might feel a little bit wobbly and whatnot, right? <laughs> Until you get that courage underneath you, exactly like when we were learning how to ride a bike. But eventually you, you get it and you get that courage. And then it, you could like, some of us could like ride a bike with no hands now. We're like, woohoo, look at me, I can totally do this, right? So that's why I loved the metaphor of the training wheel is that you really only need it for a little bit and then you take it off and you own it. So Chris still has his training wheels on. Oh, I got, I got, I'm, I think I'm still like riding with someone else. That little seat in the back. <laughs> right, I'm not right? even on the training wheels yet. So I'm in the baby seat. Right. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. So tell us about your podcast. Oh, so, you know, so Chris Cavert, who owns and operated a company called Fun Doing and On Team Building, he has led, he has had his own podcast for a couple of years now. Oh, okay. And so Chris approached me and said, hey, I think you need to be podcasting. I'm like, Ooh, I have other gifts. Like, I don't know (laughs) if I can do all that editing and all of the things that come with doing the podcast. Like, I love the idea of a podcast. I just don't know if I have the time or bandwidth to do all the editing that I know goes into a podcast. He's like, well, why don't we do it together and I'll do it all for you. I'm like, uh, let me think about it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like if I, all I have to do is show up and talk. And you do all the hard work, okay, then that was a no-brainer for me. So, And it's been really fun. So we have listeners that send in questions and and or they'll just send them to me in my, you know, if they subscribe to my newsletter, they'll just hit reply and say, hey, can you talk about this in a future podcast? I'm like, ooh, that's a good question. So, so the name of the podcast is Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building. I, even just the other day, you talked about the... Oh, it, moving the rope through the spider web instead of oh, putting yeah. people through. And I, I, I paused you and I called up my my program guy. I'm like, here's a great idea for Michelle. Pull it up. Listen to this. We're doing this at our next. Oh, that's awesome. He didn't just call his program guy. He called me. I did. I called Kurt. And, and he's, <laughs> oh, he's like, because we both were not fans of spider web at all. Being big oh, guys, yeah. um, especially me, yeah. is like, you know, getting 
put through a hole, like don't touch me, and or yeah, exactly. trying to squeeze through a hole and everything else. And I've seen kids, you know, these kids who don't want to be touched or whatever, they don't want to. And so he's like, great idea for Michelle. And he explained yeah. to me, I was like, yes. Yeah, throw a koosh ball through or, mm-hmm. or weave a rope. You know, with kids, one thing, I like to use the spider web as an, in a progression, you know, to where it's not just pick people up and pass them through because that's like level five on the (laughs) like factor right for some people and so like all right let's let's build up to it like let's see how quickly we can pass a hacky sack or a koosh ball through all of the openings and let's time ourselves but if but if it touches the web then you know you have to start over Mm -hmm. and then have them weave like a 35 foot rope through the web and no part of the web but every opening has to have one piece of the rope through it by Mm -hmm. the end but the rope can't touch, you know, like, so, you know, so there's just ways to really tweak it and change it to, to make it less threatening and less, a more emotionally safe, as well as physically safe environment for people to want to participate. We just had a group out here camp this weekend and we we did it. Oh, you did? Loved it. good. And and we we had stopped doing spiderweb for that kind mm. of very reason. Like, okay. And it does a lot of times with spiderweb it becomes, you know, you got your two strong ones that really do all the work. Right. Too. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, nope, this is this is how we'll be doing it from here on out. Yeah. So it's oh, awesome. that's so love awesome. I love to hear that. Love to hear that. Yeah, we've got I think we have twenty-four episodes out now in mm-hmm. the podcast. And most of them, I will say, have activity ideas in it. Because really it's you know, it's Ask Michelle and Chris about team building. So we want to make sure that we put in as much team building activities that we can verbally describe in a podcast. Why I like it, why Chris likes it, why I don't like it. There's been a handful of them like, what activities do you hate or do you not like? And I'm just like, oh, key punch. You know, I hated key punch so much. But then Chris taught me a new tweak on mm-hmm. key punch. I just now I love to that it. One. Yes, now I love it. <laughs> So yeah, but I hated it before. So. <laughs> yep, I I was just I I just listened to that episode this last weekend and nice and heard you say the well. The well, on one. that, Michelle, what is your favorite, your number one activity? Oh, uh, you know what, my favorite one in the last like four or five years. That's a hard question for me because with a repertoire of over three hundred and fifty mm-hmm. activities, that one's tough. But I would say right now my current favorite is an activity called Fifty Two Card Pickup. So it's not the 52-card pickup that your older brother Darren used to play with you, right? You're like, hey, Michelle, you want to play a game? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. And then they right. throw the cards on the ground and say, 52-card pickup. You're like, <laughs> older brother Darren, right? And so what we did was um, took a deck of playing cards. And, you know, you got your playing card on one side. And then you have this fabulous blank back to the playing card. And so, um, so my original test game of this is I just took address labels and pasted them on the back of a regular deck of playing cards. So I designed 52-card pickup with the camp counselor in mind. Because one camp that brings me out to do their summer camp staff training often, they said, we need a game that teaches our frontline staff members, 18 to 25-ish year old you know, uh, adults, that this might be their first professional job they've ever had mm-hmm. they don't have children of their own and yet we're going to make them responsible for 10 10 year olds all at one time and they're like we need something that makes it feel like you're working with 10 10 year olds all at one time i'm like oh mission accepted yeah. right so i'm like all right when you think about 10 year olds there is a lot going on there um, in the 10 year old brain and body and all of that so i'm like okay so i started coming up with all these different um 
behaviors that that 10 year olds like to <laughs> like to demonstrate and then started making little jobs out of those behaviors. And so, for example, like one of the jobs might be stand really close to someone until they tell you to mm-hmm. go away. Right. Because, <laughs> you know, some 10 year olds are Klingons. Right. And so and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. And then another one is do 25.3 jumping jacks. Right. Because they're so wiggly. They just like they're all over the place all the time. Right. Another job is, um, let's see, make a really loud noise until someone tells you to stop. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. So, mm-hmm. so the, so the, and then one of them is, um, skip all the way around the room, but, um, but don't be obvious. Right. So you have to kind of like do it without people seeing that you're doing it. Right. Because sometimes 10 year olds have sneaky behind the scenes mm-hmm. behaviors. Right. Um, so anyway, so the, the game has 52 cards. So there's 52 jobs in each one of the, the decks, right? So I put, the, um, I put the, the cards with the playing card side face up and all these jobs face down. And so I get a team of like eight to 10 counselors around this deck of cards and say, all right, this activity is simple. You're going to pick up a card. You're going to read the job that's on the back. But, but that card is for your eyes only. You can't show anybody your job and you can't tell anybody what you're doing, but you have to complete whatever that job says. Right. And so, and then the game is, and then once you have completed one job to the best of your ability, then you may pick up another job and finish that one to the best of your ability. And as soon as all 52 jobs have been picked up and done, then your team is finished. And it is hysterical. If you have eight to 10 people doing all of these things all at one time, you got one person over here doing jumping jacks. You have another person over here <laughs> screaming at the top of their lungs and nobody knows why. You got another person that just leaves the group, skips around the room, and you're like, what, 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 what just happened? Someone else, do a log roll, but don't be obvious. Someone just laid down on the ground and rolled over. Um, one shaking. of them is, yeah, shake for 60 seconds. You got one person yeah. totally shaking. And, so is somebody and, playing the counselor during this? No. So they're all just doing it together. And really their whole mission is just to complete their job. Right. And so the debrief in this one is what becomes so amazing because a it's hysterical. People will laugh until they cry during the, while the job is happening. And then afterwards, you know, I like to debrief in, you know, those little phases of three, what just happened? Why is this important? And how does this relate back to the real world? Those three little questions there, the what, so what, now what? And so the what happened when a group finishes, I tell them, I'm like, all right, go ahead and have a seat and just in a circle and go, everyone go around the circle and share with the group one or two jobs that you had to do during the game. So that is really the what happened, because that's literally what happened in the game is there. So I'm like, oh, I had to do this. I had to do that. And people are like, oh, that's why you were doing that. Right. Like, so I always tell people, this is where you can explain your behavior that's if you right. need to. Right. <laughs> because there's one of the jobs like lightly punch five people in the arm and grunt while you do it. Oh my! <laughs> right? And so all of a sudden, someone, oh, Oh, like, like what, what, if you were the recipient of said grunt and light punch and you're just like, what, what, what just happened? Like, I have no idea. Like, sorry, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> so, um, so the debrief though is where it gets so rich because then all of a sudden I have them share what they did. And then when, I, what do you think is the point? Why do you think I just had all 10 of you doing all these crazy things all at one time? And so then people respond a little bit here and I'm like, all right, now let's dissect this. How does this relate back to the real world? Let's dissect this. All right. Who had the card shake for 60 seconds? You know, and someone will raise their hand. I'm like, okay, great. How many people in your group saw this person shaking for a full minute? Not very many people do. I'm like, mm. okay, so were you so busy doing your job that you missed the epileptic seizure that was happening mm-hmm. right next to you? Right. right? 
And then I'm like, okay, who had the job? Skip all the way around the room, but don't be obvious. You know, people raise their hand. I'm like, okay, how many people saw this person leave your group? And, you know, and then completely skip all the way around the circle. Nobody ever sees them because of the line. Don't be obvious, right? right? And so I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about supervision. What happens when a camper just up and leaves your group? Were you so busy monitoring the other nine or whatever, doing whatever you were doing, that you completely missed the camper left your group? How long did it take you to realize it? You didn't even know, right? So, <laughs> so that's where all of a sudden now it went from this really fun, silly icebreaker to, whoa, those are some serious things we have to talk about at camp, right? So I love it as a staff training tool for camp because you're probably going to talk about supervision and all, you know, all those things in mm -hmm. your summer camp staff training. Now let's play a game first that surfaces the behavior that is really fun. And now we can actually go and they're going to be paying that much more attention because now they're like, oh, my gosh, I totally did not see a grown up lay on the floor and do a log roll three feet away <laughs> from me. I didn't yeah, even yeah. see it. Like kids are going to have behaviors that are happening literally right next to you that and some of them are totally positive. Some of them might not be so good. We could talk about bullying and like other things like that. And we're, you know, and then also like how many of you had to put your own job on hold in order to help somebody mm -hmm. else out? Everybody. Right. Well, that's camp. There are times you can be like, I don't even know where today went because I've been so <laughs> busy putting out fires and helping other people. Right. So, that's good. I like so that. I like that. Yeah. It's my favorite game. I just love it. So <laughs> you did that in Nashville a couple years ago where I first saw you and I stole this game. I'm like, I love this. This is a great idea. And one thing you told all of us there in Nashville and I, and I use it with my staff because it's a problem we have. You told us if we didn't want to do what's on the card, we could throw it back on the ground. That's right. But the rule was all the cards had to be done. And so when I do this with my staff, we do that. And the debrief is obviously like, you may have jobs you don't want to do, but somebody here has to do it. Yes, and, exactly. And we, that has helped my staff so much because that's always, a, oh, I'm not doing that. Somebody else will take care of it. And so just to get them to really think like, hmm. So, yeah, favorite. Yeah. And the, the phrase that I use when I'm introducing that is, you know, because we operate on a challenge by choice philosophy mm -hmm. is that if you pick up one of those cards and read that job and you go, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Right. Because yeah. like, I have one of them in there that's like sing the national anthem somewhat yeah. loudly. Right. And there's somebody like, nope. I'm not doing that, right? <laughs> and so but I use that then to talk about I'm like, all right. And I'll just have them acknowledge it. Raise your hand if you actually put a card back. Right. Mm -hmm. Several people, I'm, I'm like, all right, let's talk about that. What was some of the reasons why you put it back? Did and just by having that statement of challenge by choice, did that make it more physically safe and emotionally safe for you want to participate? You know, and at camp, we've got to provide both of those things for our kids: an emotionally safe environment and a physically safe environment with choices. Such right? a nuanced game. I know. I know. So much it going is. On. I mean, it seems like it's just such a fun, silly <laughs> icebreaker. But there is meat to this one if you choose <laughs> right. to debrief it. Oh, it's so good. This is a good yeah. one. Nice. So now this year has been the <laughs> weirdest year ever. Yes. Ever. And, and you were kind of in the forefront with your virtual team building and things like that. It was awesome. And so... How many how many people were part of that? That was crazy popular. It was and still is. I tell you what, I still am getting people that are watching. I mean, I put them on YouTube, the videos, and they each have mm. like over 60,000, 70,000 views and things yeah. like that. I mean, it's it's crazy that the handouts have been downloaded 
over 20,000 times. I mean, it's really, wow. it's really crazy. So yeah, so I love to tell this story. I had never led a Zoom meeting before ever in my life. And then I thought, you know what? I think I could fill an hour of here's some virtual team building stuff that I think we could do. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, well, I guess I got to go sign up for a Zoom account. So I did that. And then I just scheduled one. And then I just put it out in my newsletter and just said, and out on Facebook. And I said, hey, I'm going to lead a team building games workshop, virtual team building games workshop. Um, you know, and I didn't make people register for the first, I'm like, just show up. <laughs> and so, so anyway, I just, I, you know, I assume like 40, 50 people yeah. would show up. 492 <laughs> people showed up to my very first one. And I had never, I didn't know how to annotate. I didn't know how to do any of the things in zoom yet. I was very calm That's and collected hilarious. on the outside. I was freaking <laughs> out on the inside. Right? And so, so then I'm like, okay, that worked well. <laughs> I'm like, let's, Let's be MacGyver. Let's figure this stuff out. Because I will say, I was one of the. Uh, if you would have told me a year ago that I would be in, I would be doing virtual team building, and I would actually be enjoying it, I would have laughed so hard no at way. you, mm. um, because I kind of had to be brought kicking and screaming into the space. Because for me, I just the the in person stuff is so powerful. I was just like, I don't need to do it online. Well, now of course yeah. we. Have. Have it's no not choice. just me, yeah. but we have to do it online. So really, it, it, when when push came to shove, when we were forced into it, I'm like, okay. What uh, uh, what do you th what, what do you think the future is for virtual stuff? You know, like I think virtual is here to stay, whether we like it or not. Um, I really feel like, at least in some regards, it's going to be here to stay because I think now organizations have figured out that teams can work remotely. And, you know, like I know REI is one of those organizations that they had just built this multi-million dollar building and complex and literally it was supposed to open in March of 2020. Oh, no, I didn't know and, that. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so literally, I mean, it is it is the most beautiful facility. I've seen the, like the virtual tour of it. It is beautiful. They, they've listed it to sell <gasps> and they're they're not even going to move in. Because they're like, our people have proven you can do this virtually. People like working from home. They like the flexibility. They're still getting their jobs done. We don't need to be in person, you know, and we want to, you know, the carbon footprint, you know, like all yeah, of those yeah. things that are, that mm -hmm. are, um, that marry with the REI brand and their label and all that, they're now living it as one of their core values. And so I, I love that. So if you think about things like that, I mean, yes, could they all get together at a you know, somewhere to do a team building event? They absolutely could. And I really feel like I think that people are going to be doing this in the virtual space now forever. And I think 2020 just forced us into it. And so we've got to figure out um, how we can do it and how we can do it well. You know, start to, again, it's a perspective change. We've all had a gigantic perspective shift this year. It's like, okay, we had to look at it. We had to look at youth programming very differently this year. Can we still do it online? Absolutely. You know, last year our motto was get kids off screens and, right, right. You know, and get them out to camp. And this year it's like, holy moly, all the screens all the time. Yeah. And yet we still want you to connect with kids at camp. Right. Yeah. So. I, I definitely, I know you with your podcast, you know, the Ask Michelle and Chris. What what do you think is one of the m questions you get asked the most from facilitators? What does Ooh. everyone want to know? You know, what everyone wants to know, or at least what my, probably my most requested workshop um, prior to 2020, I would say, would have been around debriefing skills. And just how most people, they're really good at the games, but they don't know how to then sit down and lead a really effective or meaningful debrief. Yep. And it's probably because, you know, we're all taught that in debriefing, you sit kids down into what shape, 
a circle. circle. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then you ask questions, right? And then the kids answer, right? But how many camp counselors listening to this right now have said, okay, kids, now we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what just happened. And they all go, ah, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God, we have to sit and talk about our feelings, right? So, and if that is happening to you, or if you ask a question and then you get this in response, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you get just nothing, right? You silence, get yeah. blank stares back. Then, um, because usually what we teach people in debriefing is that you sit people down in a circle and you ask questions of the what, the so what, the now what, and, you know, you ask questions and campers answer. Now, that is a very effective technique in debriefing, but if it is the only technique you use, then you're going to get debriefing fatigue from your campers, from your participants, mm -hmm. as well as yourself. In my opinion, I've come up with 10 different techniques for effective processing, and the sit and get is the one I just described. And it is still a technique that I use in literally every single session that I do. I will sit a group down and I will talk about what, so what, now what, all of those things. However, I mix it up with the nine other techniques that I've come up with because that way, and, and also the sit and get, in my opinion, is the most, it's the one you need the most skill in, in order to pull off well. And yet it's the one we teach people how to do first. And so... So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, God, I hate the debrief. It's so hard. It's because all of the responsibility for having a positive, good outcome is on you. Right. And you asking the right questions in the right order and eliciting the right responses and all that. And that can be really difficult if you don't have skill in that yet. And so the other techniques, you know, like front loading and metaphoric methods and um, anchor tools, like all these other different techniques, really put a lot of the ownership of the debrief onto your participants. And A, that's going to make them better debriefers and B, more bought into the process if they're really kind of involved in, it almost becomes another activity after the activity, uh, but yet you're drawing, drawing upon what they learned in that previous activity. So, you know, really... I get asked questions a lot. How do I become a better debriefer or process, you know, process the activities better? I'm like, A, it just takes practice and B, shadow real people that are really good at it and, and just be a sponge. And then also we've got, we're, I'm actually going to have an online class, you know, coming Ooh. up soon about. You need know, to sign up. Where's right, <laughs> 10 effective debriefing tools and techniques because. Again, now we can, I can, now I can show, here's how you do it in person. Here's how you can do it virtually. You can do all of this stuff virtually as well. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it just, I know that's the hardest thing. And in my opinion, the most important, please, if you're listening to this, don't skip the debrief, yep. especially at the end of the day, when you've got five minutes left before that bus pulls up or those parents show up, please reflect on the whole day before you send kids off because you know, really, as a society, we're not very reflective learners anymore. We don't journal as much anymore. We don't do, we don't, at the end of the evening, we don't have a little powwow with our families and really talk about, you know, highs and lows. And sometimes we do, we do, that's, those are all things we do at camp that we hope that carry over into, you know, their real lives, but they don't always do it. So just please debrief, please. <laughs> well, I find a lot of camps have their counselors do the yeah. team building as opposed to having, you know, a specialized ropes person do sure. that. So they, you know, the counselors, they have no idea. So basically they're doing these team building games that they've been taught during staff training. And essentially that's all they become is games, right? It's not right. really team building. There's no debriefing. There's no, I mean, it, it is team building, but it's more of a game. Mm -hmm. are, are, are there any like quick 
tools or tips for them? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? When I was a camp counselor and there were no tools or resources for me, I ended up just making my own. And that's honestly why. But you're Michelle Cummings. I know, but (laughs) I'm going to share with you what I, what I did was I was like, you know, because also as a camp counselor, you're exhausted and like trying to come up with the tapping into the creative side of your brain when you feel like you get to the end of the day and you have nothing left to give. Mm -hmm. I was like, I still want to make sure that I'm doing it right and creating a positive experience for these kids. Mm -hmm. And so what I ended up doing was I took some blank note cards and then literally would keep them in my back pocket all the time. And I would pull them out and like, here are, so of the what, so what, now what, I would write down 10 questions with what just happened, 10 on why is this important, and 10 on how can this we relate this back to the real world. And not that I would pull that card out and read word for word from it, but I would pull it out, look at it, arm my brain with two questions and put it back in my pocket. Yeah. And that right there really helped me. And then I ended up, so I had color-coded different questions for different things and different topics. And that really is how I started with these things is um, – is just writing down the things that would help trigger my brain when I needed to ask good questions in the moment. That's an easy free one that you could do right, right away. You have a new book coming out. I'm pumped. I do. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's one of my favorite books I've written so far. I say that about all my books. But yeah. um, the next one is called Team Building from the Toy Aisle. Now, those of you listening, um, how many of you have found yourself at some point in time standing in the toy aisle and go, oh, how can I use that at camp? Right. Like you see it. You, I mean, right. And you're just like, oh, oh, I, I, I think I can. Do. Or you're like me. You've in the past have been a traveling trainer or camp counselor or whatever. And then you plan on going to city A and your luggage goes to city B with all your props <laughs> in it. And then you're like, you land and playing you have nothing. And you're supposed to, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's how the playing card book totally came to be. <laughs> but team building from the toy aisle is written for those people that have literally found themselves standing there in the toy aisle and going, how could I use this? So what Matthew Broda, Trevor Dunlap, those are my two co-authors on this book. And I have done is taken games that you um, could find in the toy aisle at, at a gate at a, at one of those indie game shops or at, you know, your big box stores, whatever, and taken the cards, the game pieces, the grid, the whatever is unique about that game, and then tweaked it and changed it to either into a macro version of it to where I'm like, okay, we are now going to play human, you know, like whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And tweaked and changed it to where then it works as a team building activity and not just a board game that you could do. So and oh my gosh, have my creative juices just exploded over the course of the last year. It has awakened a MacGyver vibe or gene in me that is, I don't know, maybe been dormant. This year, seriously, is my year of, oh, I call it creativity by constraint. So it should come out in the next few months. Um, you, um, what, November-ish is when this is recording or when this is playing. So, so yeah, so we're hoping wait. by the first wait. of the year. About five years ago, I needed uh, to write a blog post for my blog. And so I went to the dollar store and I said, I'm going to take, you know, like $10 and I'm going to buy stuff and then I'm going to make 10 activities, 10 games Mm -hmm. for camp. And that's exactly what I did. I was like, okay, well, these little uh, pots for plants, I'll put those in there and I'll take (laughs) this and that. And Mm -hmm. I went to kind of the the back of our office and I'm like, let's see what I could come up with. And it is fun to do things like that. I uh, a toy store. I love toys. So going to a toy store, that would have been, that would have taken it up a, a few levels. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. So much fun. And yeah. Chris Caver, my um, 
co-producer on my podcast, he loves the dot. He likes pet stores. Mm-hmm. He said they make really unique props for pets that then you could then turn around and use. That's where the ricochet ball, yep. the ricochet activity, that was a dot. It was a reaction ball for dogs. And so, huh. and then he wrote a whole book. He's got, I think it's 13 mm-hmm. activities in his ricochet book that, that he came up with that are now team building related. So, uh, that's, that's so wild. yeah, that's again, great. be MacGyver. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do this. Uh, How can people contact you? How can they get on your email list? I think that's the most important. Absolutely. Yeah. My my newsletter is free. It goes out every Wednesday. It's called The Spokesperson. Um, I'm the big wheel. I have a file just for your... I I look them over and then I'm like, there's an idea. I'm going to throw that in the file and... Yeah, people tell me they're like, I get a lot of newsletters and I usually delete all of them. Yours has a special folder because I do. You know, and for me, I try to very, very hard to make it a value added newsletter that I'm not selling. I'm not just selling you things. Right. Right. There's a reason why you want to keep this because it's got a nugget in there that you might not need today, but you're going to need it come May or June or whatever. And so my website is training-wheels.com. Don't forget the dash or you get a very different website. Um, And then my email is just Michelle with two L's at training-wheels.com. So, but if you go in there, just type in newsletter and you'll find, um, you'll find newsletter and you can sign up. It's totally free and it, comes out delivered every Wednesday into your inbox. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Anything else, Chris? Uh, so much. So much. <laughs> we do a whole other episode. Not that we have time for. So, yeah. <laughs> right. No. Michelle, thank you so much. That was awesome. Next week, Kurt, we are talking about Batman and being a counselor at camp. So that will be interesting, I think. Yep. So tune in for that. Why Batman uh, would make a great camp counselor, Michelle. I know you're looking kind of oh, weird. Oh, totally. Yes. You know what I love about superheroes is that they all have strengths and weaknesses. They do. Right? They do. As do every camp counselor. That's so right. See? <laughs> tune in, Michelle. <laughs> right? Good. Really good. Awesome. <laughs> Well, from around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. See ya.